You're listening to On Conversation, and I am the legend Keith Chandler. And on this episode, we travel to Atlantic Beach Coffee in Atlantic Beach, North Carolina. And if you've been listening along with us, you know this would be our eighth. So, good for us. On this episode, we discuss small businesses post-COVID and in the era of social media. Can you run a business in this day and age without social media? Also, you'll get to hear about my almost complete disdain for anything technological. And yet, ironically, here I sit in front of a computer and Pro Tools giving you these intros to our episodes. Again, all opinions expressed on the episode are mine, Brad's, or Joey's. They are not reflective of our sponsors or any of the businesses that we are sitting and recording these episodes. Our sponsor this week is State of Dyed Clothing. State of Dyed Clothing is a cool, custom-made tie-dye clothing company in southeastern North Carolina. You can get shirts, pants, napkins, table runners, towels, beach covers, bags, anything you can dream up. Custom-made just for you. You can check out State of Dyed on Facebook at State of Dyed 2017 and on Instagram at State of Dyed 2017. Our intro music this week is brought to you by Lucy Stoner. We threw this track at you on the first episode. It is an unnamed bonus track that came from a rehearsal recording that I just so happen to have access to. You know, because that's what I do. Anyway, thanks for listening. Follow us, check us out, tell your friends, send us feedback, anything. Enjoy the show. So, uh, good morning. The legend here with uh, colleagues, uh, Dr. Griggs and Joseph Sisk. We have gone from one side of our little island here in the Bogue Banks to the other, a whole long 23, 4 miles, something like that, if that. And here we are at the Atlantic Beach Coffee Shop in, conveniently, Atlantic Beach, North Carolina. We're outside, so you're probably going to get a lot of seagull noise today. Some douchebag running the diesel truck. I don't want to say that too loud. I don't want to get my ass kicked. And uh, that's about it. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. So I guess today we're going to discuss, because this is what we were talking about in the car on the way down here. The You, you said it a lot better than I can frame the it. The resurgence of small business after the coronavirus. There you go. And specifically, we were talking about when we first uh, were driving down here was... The idea, can a small business survive without using social media? I mean, a small brick-and-mortar business survive without using social media. I would assume it's implied that if you're running a business solely online that you have to have 
an online presence some some form yeah yeah more than just a more than just a regular right. website your e-commerce and store is not going to do well without being on the internet right yeah and we don't well we can we can make a distinction between being on the internet and using social media because you mm. could have a website right right that is not linked to social media yeah but it's like in a silo it's like in its own little world cut off from everything else so so to give a little context Unless you here, search optimize it or something my girlfriend samantha is taking free online business classes through the local community college in our area which is carteret community college and most of the classes are intro level which is irrelevant but the idea i guess is that they were no, no what started this was i made the comment no professor instructing any of these classes no instructor has said anything or even bothered to broach the topic about running owning or carrying on a business in any way online or otherwise brick and mortar without using social media but i think you make a good point about this, this distinction between the internet and social media right. that being said to your point joey about a website existing in a silo mm -hmm. They have said several times on these classes with her that they encourage people to get a website as a landing page so that instead of, you know, well, hey, what's your shop? Oh, go to Bradford Griggs at etsy.com slash. Right. You can just say, hey, just go to BradfordGriggs.com. Right. And then in that landing page is the linking out to all of your right. Etsy, Bandcamp. Yeah, you want to have YouTube, those. Facebook. Yeah whatever right. you need something right. that consolidates those different identities right. it's so like it's basically a business card right so while it right. exists Electronic in a silo the silo is not in existence by itself yeah okay that's a good idea right yeah but assuming that somebody can is going to get there in the first place it's kind of circular like how do you arrive at somebody's it seems less likely that somebody would have someone arrive at their their own web page than one of their social media profiles right. especially with the social media platforms actively suggesting things also you got to name drop sam's business oh good yeah yeah state of which is one of our sponsors uh yes. state, state of dyed which is a tie-dye fashion company look at you shamelessly promoting things on social media everybody else does it <laughs> and everybody else promotes all their own shit i may as well do mine too yeah <laughs> um but yeah so samantha's sponsoring us now so state of dyed clothing uh, and you can check her out at uh, facebook.com slash state of dyed and i want to say her shop is state of com, i think but again this is goes right to the point of if she just had a state of com, right then and to say that her stuff is not like commercial tie-dye it is custom done tie-dye plus hand done tie-dye so yeah, it's not yeah. it's all handmade yeah it's she's not made by machine made by right. machines she or, doesn't order tie-dye from japan right. and then screen it and she is a crew so. of a single person and occasionally yeah. i will put on the t-shirts for modeling for her pictures but i'm not the best model because uh, there's no picture you can take where my adam's apple doesn't look like the size of mount rushmore so that's yeah. good though right uh, they say it's a masculine thing to have yeah now but you're the one that's actually owned and run several businesses i have but only, that was before really? social media that's yeah but but all right that's a literally baseline, before social media well and yeah. in some cases completely before the internet was yeah mainstream. we had to pay for radio right. and newspaper but you can make parallels you're small you're, you're, you're intelligent enough to make parallels <laughs> telegraph help. communications yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks but um, anytime um, he had a special <laughs> at the bar he'd send out smoke signals he'd get a rug yeah, out yeah you know? but 
So I, I so radio anyway, is the bar. So I guess at the end of the day is is do we think a brick and mortar can survive? What would be a good reason not to use social media? I think that you're so defaulting his, towards it being negative. nefarious. Man, you, I, again, I'm, I'm never going to not feel that social media isn't. So maybe we need to unpack why you feel social media is nefarious. I, th- I, I don't think it is 100% <laughs> all the time that way. But I think generally speaking, I think more often than not, it's nefarious. Just the, they're, they're gathering your data. They're micro-manipulating you. They're feeding you stuff that you don't necessarily need or want. And your customers. And your customers. Matter. Like So like you just said about when you're, if you're directing someone to a page uh-huh. and you direct them to your Facebook, well, then you want them to see your business and instead they're going to get filled with whatever, with whatever other ads, bullshit. But the ideal is they're hooking people up. Like... In they're Sam's hooking. case, no, somebody hooking. might be interested in, in tie-dye, potentially, or they might have that aesthetic. That gets picked up in their data, right? And then Sam's page gets recommended to them. They get hooked up. They get tie-dye. She gets money. She gets to do something good for people. Everybody wins. Well, but I don't think the overwhelming benefit is toward Sam. I think it's toward the platform. Yeah. Well, nobody does anything for free. Well, and and that would be one extreme reason why I think that having social media involved is a bad idea. But successfully making those connections is the like the bread and butter. That's what they're making their money from. Like, so they do have an inspiration to do exactly that. They don't have necess- Well, they have a more vague monetary interest in like constructing these digital profiles of so... people and mining their data, but. That's much more vague. It's less directed to the purpose where they're actually going to get like ad dollars. So I think what he's talking about is that the fact that these very narrow ideas of humanity run by CEOs and a few people on a board. um, And we could even talk about like the difference between Facebook and Google for that matter. um, The way the boards are set up and the way the stock has been distributed. Um, because Facebook's a kingdom, basically, right. and Google is an oligarchy. And some other companies are almost democracies because they're ESOPs. And so, um, you know, there's, there's a totally different corporate structure when you're talking about Facebook's one of the few companies where it actually is a kingdom. Mark is not um, beholden to his board, right. their advisory. Right. Because he owns all the control. That's a great. Stuff. That's a great analogy, by the so, way. And ESOP, uh, for those who don't know, is okay. an employee stock owned program or right. a, a employee stock owned company. Company, right? Those of us who right. did not know that appreciate you. Yeah, I figure we may as well clarify shit in case yeah. someone is actually yeah. listening. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I'm listening, and the, I didn't know. So the uh, so <laughs> Lowe's <laughs> Lowe's Hardware is an example of an ESOP. Um, there oh, are hotel right. chains where people have sold the, the founding families have sold them the, to the, the employees. The one that you visit yeah. is an ESOP. Um, the uh, proximity in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is a really you could check it out, proximity.com. It's a gorgeous hotel, and it's uh, the the family that owns it. The two several families that own it have decided to make it an ESOP as well. I guess that reminds me of the Green Bay Packers. They could be because like too. the town. I don't technically. I have no idea. But now like a town the, owning the it town is different. It. It's different or like than the ESOP. ticket okay. holders own it. ESOP's of like still a private. A, so okay, I tell you what. I like about social media. I like that you can discover things, like you know, like you can get yourself into the niche of the niche of the niche with the internet now. Yeah. 
You know, if you're really into some backward way of doing whatever that's this weird where you stand on your head and turn plates, and there's a group out there for you, and you can find it, and I think that's great. I guess it's nice that you can keep in touch with people, even though I really think that that is overrated. I think that, you know, people move and travel and change through life for a reason. I don't think you need to tether yourself to people just because, oh, we went to high school together. We grew up together. And I, I think that some of these connections and relationships we make, we put an emphasis on mm. that without the platform would have been irrelevant to begin with. And feeling that pressure creates anxiety yeah, for I, people, I, potentially. And they also still it. could be relevant, irrelevant even with the platform. Right, correct, right. Yeah, well, it's like, well, we're friends on Facebook, yeah, but you don't really know each other in real life, and that guy was a dick to you in school, so who gives a shit, you know? Your, your point about finding niche things is great because a lot of the complaints I hear about the way that social media works for businesses is it actually uh, homogenizes people's taste and like you have it, it turns into certain large things that everybody is directed to instead of actually that then have more control instead of actually siphoning people off to things that are more particularly them and specifically like you know smaller businesses or potentially like businesses that are more in need of consumers well so then in, in a somewhat sort of rough case in point idea then the homogenization would be making every business have to survive by being on a social platform regardless of the oddity of the business itself mm, there's but, a right way and a wrong way of doing things right and i think it is troubling that there would be like a course that says you have to do exactly this this way or else you're not going to be successful right and I, yeah I agree with that but I but again so, so this is where I think the danger of social media comes in is that it, if you're starting a, a new business then you're working under the presupposition that in order for your business to survive you have to have Twitter Facebook Instagram or, or one if not all right which then going back to what we were saying in the van about the being consistent having a consistent presence well, what's consistent for your business, what's healthy for you, and where do those two lines cross? Right, and then we'll, we'll talk about the separation of work and play um, eventually, uh, at the, maybe at midway through this conversation or whatnot. But yeah, I agree, I agree with you. Plus, there is a distinction between the types of social media companies. It's very difficult to compare Twitter to Facebook. They're way different setup, their algorithms work differently. Um, and LinkedIn, as a social media network, works way different than all of those. Which is surprising, because so, we had LinkedIn when we were working together, uh, you know, at the business back in the day. And um, I never saw LinkedIn as a viable anything other than like a like an online uh, CV or something, you know? Yep, that's kind of what it is. But now it has What's a like CV? Curriculum vitae, I think? Resume? So a CV is a oh. resume for an academic. Interesting. It's, a, it's the original name for a resume. Whoa, could you submit a social media profile as a resume? I wouldn't see, why, nowadays I wouldn't see why not. They check them anyway. I've, I've heard of people not getting jobs that they wanted because the people went on their Facebooks and saw that they were drinking or doing whatever or smoking yeah. dope or, you know, whatever was going on. Oh, it happens over and over and over again. The first thing they do look for is, I mean, we tell our people to delete any pictures that you are inappropriate delete i know that you were 16 or you know 18 and you're in baja cal you know baja mexico and yet and, conversely it works the opposite yeah. way for like i know for me trying to get dj gigs the first question i get now for most people is do you have a soundcloud do you have a facebook I'm like no man i don't soundcloud's I don't. different though well no and i get that right. but but it's it's the idea that if you, if they don't have something they can reference 
in advance, then you can't, they won't give you the gig. This could segue into the work-life separation conversation, or are we get is it? Is no, this I think more we digression? need. We probably still need to talk a little bit more about, like, so what? You were so, saying differences between. So platforms. the nefariousness of the social media companies, um, that you think is because they take up so much of your life, or because your life is so public, or because you're mediating your life to make it look better. All three. For other people. All three. There's the, about five of them. Well, so yeah. what would be another one? Well, I would think as a business owner, um, you, I would be afraid that my content was being manipulated. Like if I think I, if Chandler I put, fears computers. Put something out there. No, I mean, I, I'm not against the machine, man. No, he, he don't that, feed the he machine. He mixes his music with his machines. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do you use Pro Tools? I could use analog and tapes. You know? Yeah, but those are local friendly machines, not yeah. the big machine that's going to digest I, I would, you and like, spit out a podcast, robot version Spotify, of you. I've seen this in the news. Haven't read the articles. Saw the headline. They've deleted something like maybe 50 <laughs> podcasts. Heard about this? Don't know anything about it. Quietly. I mean, at least I'm admitting oh. it and not and not saying. Like, I know, speaking, I'm joking. You know, yeah. But but quietly deleting about something like 40 to 50 of his controversial podcasts. Yeah. I think Alex Jones. Um, there were a couple others that they took you off. Elim- you want to eliminate the liability that you have over posting it because you can't separate out putting up somebody's material and actually agreeing with their ideas. Right. But you want to do it quietly so you avoid the issue of being accused of the exact opposite right. of harboring the opposite opinion and of advocating for so, censorship. So universities have played that fine line for years. Yeah. Like, so where, how do you have academic freedom and not have nutcases running around saying whatever the hell they want? And so you see that occasionally when, like, uh, a professor says something that's out of context and then they get disciplined by so-and-so, but they can't be fired. Mm. Uh, well, they can be fired. It depends on what they do. If they do something illegal, they can be fired. Right, but, right. Um, so... How do you teach things that are controversial, right, without appearing to advocate for... The, I'm listening... Okay, real quick, digre- digression. I'm listening to Thus, Sp- Thus Spoke Their Zarathustra on audiobook right now, and the shit Is that, that Nietzsche? He, yeah, the God, shit... that's a tough one. The shit that he <laughs> says about women, like, yeah. you could not write a more regressive... Uh, like script and so how can he have those ideas about women in there and advocate for them and then you're supposed to you know take his other ideas and present them as being potential like truths or things that you can gain truth from well that's extremely problematic well no it's really easy we do it all the time so what we do is we discount the stuff that he said about women that has to do with the time that he created the work but that's his, uh, that's his feeling about half the human population, and you're it's trying like to advocate for Greeks truth in his their, opinion of humanity. Their, their love of young boys. Like, and their owning of slaves. Of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you mentioned to me, which is, this is way okay. off topic, but you mentioned to me the other day, you sent me a message about Prince. Yeah. People forget Prince was a terrible, terrible, terrible person to women. I mean, he, he, he saw his own wife eating donuts on tour and wrote her a letter and told her he was docking her pay and that she needed to lose weight. Really? Yeah, fuck yeah, man. He was He not- seems so like open minded in a way that would make him not specifically negative towards women. Allegedly David Bowie had a, a relationship with a girl underage and, and I, I think that was a long, long time ago, but it never, ever, 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 ever took anything away from him to anyone else. 
This is going to turn into a cancel culture conversation. No, no, I no. I'm just. To do that. I guess. I guess. I'm just saying. Yeah, because we've talked about that multiple times. But the, I, I, I mean, I see where social media helps. I get it. But I think the overall implicit insidiousness of it, I find disturbing because so much can so much big information, not just on an individual level, but on a global level, can be manipulated at the stroke of a key so easily. And then people just eat it. They, they don't, I, and this is maybe a different conversation, but I, I really, I, and I've told you guys this, I envy you for your faith in humanity and your belief that things are good and better. I don't know that people, most people possess the ability to be discerning. So they possess the ability, they just don't. They have the best it. ability to learn what the confines of rational thought are. They don't, many of them have not learned what rational thought actually is or have not, I guess they probably could understand what it is. They just haven't practiced it enough. Right. And again, it's like any other kind of thought. You have to practice it over and over again, which is what philosophy does. If you read philosophy, it's very difficult to read. People think it's boring, but it actually is structured to create certain kinds of thought, depending on the author that you're reading. Right. Um, yeah, so... I don't know, I mean, what do you... I mean, you guys haven't said much on your... I mean, everyone knows I'm against tech in a lot of ways, but you guys haven't said whether where you're at with it. So not, I not, think not my thing anyway. is, do we own our data? I think part of the problem is that these media companies are giving us something supposedly for free, so is our data worth more than what we're getting from the media companies? I would say so. I mean, I, that's my opinion. Well... Yeah, because Mark Zuckerberg, if he was paying for our data, would and we were getting actually a service that was beneficial, more beneficial to us, he would be a lot less rich because the he's externalizing some of the effects of social media, which is what corporations do, obviously, to make more money, um, externalizing the social cost of that onto the population, which is like people just blatantly putting lies up that they know are lies on purpose to cause a certain social reaction, like with our elections, like with you know, whoever that they do that to. So that didn't make sense. But <laughs> but the the idea that there is, I mean, they've, they found out over and over again, there are specific groups that get together and make up shit and put it on social media, then they like it between themselves and then it's sucked up by a, a mainstream media mm -hmm. group and then is, it is touted as fact and it's only like after it's been bouncing around for a few days that people realize it's complete bullshit. I, I've seen multiple articles about the, the genesis of misinformation right. online being a very limited number of individuals yeah. or entities. Mm -hmm. um, I've always, my tendency is always to moderate things by saying if stuff's fucked up now it's always been that way or that social media isn't changing human nature it's just reflecting what human nature already is my two big conflicts with it are i think that it's humanizing the fact that it allows like-minded individuals to organize and relate to each other across distance obviously but that we underest obviously will always underestimate the value of in-person communication and connection because we simply just don't understand the impacts it has on us and social media has created an environment for us where 
if you when you take the human element out of it i think we're seeing lots of negative consequences and we don't fully understand them yet no it's an it's it's a sociological experiment that has massive consequences that that isn't being conducted like an experiment is with a control group mm. with the ability that, to i love that yeah with the ability to create so when we do an experiment we have to you have to sign a disclaimer that this could cause problems you know we have something called the independent review board we have to put the you know methodology behind the experiment out there so we know when we're using human subjects we're causing the least amount of harm right and so this particular experiment is 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 mac daddy gigantic and no one has done that because it's it's a commercial venture and not an academic venture. And it's being conducted largely on children. Right. And because yeah. they they're more immersed because I mean, of the era that they grew you up. You wouldn't in. believe the middle schoolers sitting in a line like uh, like I, I, I've seen video of them sitting in a line on the side of a monument, not even looking at the monument, not looking at what they were doing. Everyone's on a device. On a device, not talking to each other maybe talking to each other but through the device instead of in person oh my god it, okay. these pictures the, show up all the time the meme of taking old uh old paintings old photos and then putting the caption on it that you know just people enjoying their lives no phones no but then you you know you put it on like a, a civil war like battle drawing or something right. but no but that's what people are worried people are worried about humans being or dehumanization Right. Like, and there's every single, I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, Pink Floyd, the wall, like people have always been concerned about man being made into machines. Right. Since the, I mean, I'm assuming since the, well, what is the X to machina? What is the X? X deuce machina. X deuce machina. They use sex machina. Yes. Yes. Yay. Yeah. So the, uh, tell you what, for damn Cadillac that was a loud car and that guy honking his horn to lock that thing up what a dick anyway sorry keep well going. he had to do it five times I'm yeah. like yo buddy your shit's locked yeah one time is good enough anyway dude I going. leave my keys in my car but yeah. his car was also not okay he also everybody's kid locked in the car in there too but you know yeah <gasps> what yeah there was a kid in the back seat <gasps> yeah. anyway we were getting, the car was running yeah um but uh, I don't know man I mean you guys are a little more in it though I mean you're you're in academia so you kind of have to see it and be it and do it well it gives you a really great what people don't understand is like that we have safeguards in place because of problems that were caused in the past we have the independent review board because of experiments sociological experiments done that we did not think caused any harm and they did so okay so then if you're let's say you're running a brick and mortar right and you have social media right what would even I guess it depends on the nature of your business and, the, and your product, but what would even, at that point, let's say that you're doing well. Your social media is helping your brick and mortar, you're right. doing well, you're doing online sales, whatever. At that point then, what would be the point of having a brick and mortar? Why pay the money? The, the, the steadily, quickly increasing exorbitant amounts of rent for commercial and, and residential property. And why so your hypothetical business is one that does not necessarily require in-person service? Because like a bar, you need you can't run that online. No, right. well, it's very I, difficult. I would have sure. to say too that there, there, there probably will. I think after COVID, kind of in this pandemic, kind of winds down a little bit. 
there's going to be resurgence of face-to-face because I think we have, we have gotten a good dose of what a completely online environment looks like or a relatively online environment, and people are not happy with it. Generally speaking, I don't think people enjoy no, it. No, they want to get the hell out of their houses, um, which seems so good to work from home, and now it's a good segue to go to work from home, maybe uh, into like the work-play deal. But like people feel like they're working all the time because their bosses feel like they should have access to them all the time. Email did this originally, like when email came out. Well, you didn't check your email. Well, it's past five o'clock. Yeah, but I sent you that email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get that all the time. And I, you know, I don't answer emails after five, not not in general, unless it's an emergency. I don't even look at my email. When we, remind me to come back to this when we're done talking about this blurred line thing, but, um, if, if we're discovering now, through COVID, that a completely online life, or, or a bulk of an online life, is not preferable, then could that be the kind of, would this be this type of slow catalyst that would be the trickle that would make social media go away? Well, I think the Europeans have already done stuff to halt the spread of social media. I mean, they have laws about privacy. They can't take the same amount. And and interestingly enough, and I, I, I would have to look this up, but from what I understand from what I've read, that the psychological advertising that they do, um, you know, when they collect all your data and they send stuff to you they think you want, doesn't really work that well. Regular random advertising works at the same level. So why are they have to collect all our data and sell it anyway? Like, because if it's not working any better, because I'm prone to buying a certain pair of pants, you know, that they send me these pair of pants all the time, like, you know, when I might not be prone to buying those pair of pants that month, you know, or something, and so just random advertising about something else might get me. Like, have you read any stuff about the psychological advertising that they use for data, um, that the data provides this profile of you, like it that makes sense yeah for some reason they they say because they don't have enough data but maybe it doesn't because what happens is if i get too many ads for one thing on social media i absolutely won't buy it like it's irritating it's like i'm being bothered by it so wait are you trying to do you want the pants and they're trying to like help you find the pants or they're saying you want the pants they're trying to make me want the pants because i generally buy a lot of clothes online Huh. Right? And so I guess that's the way the profile's built. I'm not sure. I'm not an advertiser. I don't know a lot about the psychological advertising. But I know there's been a few big studies of where they've just done regular advertising and they've done that psychological advertising and they're about the same. So there's really no need for them to collect all that data. Gotcha. Right? And so that's what that's what the papers were suggesting. Like, why are they collecting all this data when they really don't need it? Well, and, and Unless it's for population control, then what does that mean? then it's not really yeah they could if a company has large if they're profitable enough like a google or amazon they could see the data as being potentially valuable in the future and wanting to have it and they wouldn't necessarily need to have profit from it right now and it would have to be longitudinal to make it accurate which is what you're saying like even if they're not getting it now whoa that guy just drove over that curb yes he did yeah that's not legal. Well, 
when you have a big hey, like that. Hey, hey, buddy. Yeah. He, <laughs> he needed his. He needed to D, get the heck out of D there. DMD forty six ninety two, North Carolina. Oh well. I. <sighs> Preserved in infamy. Okay, so then, so then, if we're gonna tumble into this, so the, the work, the work home balance. Right. So that is not necessarily a social media thing. That's a. That is. That is where people, internet wonks, have been saying that work's going to basically disappear. We're not going to go into work. Everything's going to be done via your device, and no one really wants to go into work anyway. Right. And um, and then you get a lot more done. People are productive because they can work all the time. Well, or are they more productive? Okay, so the yeah, the question of productivity. Are we, is the goal for people to be as productive as possible or for them to work as much as possible? Because there's like a bang for your buck there deal. Are like, like people repeat the notion, or I've heard repeated many times that the 40 hour work week is flawed because of diminishing returns, where actually right. you achieve basically the same amount in like 30 or 35 hours, but you know, you're looking out for the individual more. And for us to have a really operational republic, I think we're going to have to spend a couple hours a day really working on political ideas and not necessarily political ideas in our head or with groups, but with our communities, like doing things out in the community and actually helping build things. And it's, like, it's going to require us to be really involved in, and we need extra time. And so people have said when, when it, it fits right into the idea when machines do a lot of the work, well, what are humans going to do for a job? Well, they, you know, are we all going to be philosophers walking around in, co in robes, like what I've talked about before, poets, right. or whatever? Because we, those things are valuable. You know, being a poet is valuable. Dang, because people like it. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's part of the thickness of humanity, like the really robust, artistic, like art does matter. Uh, because people like it. Right. Yeah. Well, because it does. It's part <laughs> of humanity. Like, it's, we've been drawing cave paintings since we could draw, right. so. Ooh, I saw an article this weekend about the fact that if you, a lot of the caves where the cave paintings exist, it's very deep in there and there's actually low oxygen levels. So there's a, a the hypothesis that basically they, they were like. hypoxia. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were getting out there oh, inside wow. the caves. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm into that. Well, that's, that's why they were seeing, you know, gods coming from the skies and stuff, maybe. <laughs> okay, you should read oh. The Origin of Consciousness and the Breakdown of the Bicameral Mind. Julian James, it came out in the 70s. It's a really interesting hypothesis. The Breakdown of the Bicameral Mind? Yeah, The Origin of Consciousness and the Breakdown of the Bicameral Mind. His hypothesis is that people actually had, um, or had or have, um, one being dormant now, like two separate thought modules so that they interpreted one part of their brain speaking to them like the uh, the narrative before people were able to like analogize and think about things in like a temporal way. And he's talking about like 3,000 years ago, potentially, uh, that this still well, existed, that people heard and that they interpreted their interior monologue as being divine instruction and they obeyed it. So it was essentially like one half of their mind obeying the other half of their mind. He's got interesting evidence oh, no, that I, might be an insufficient I, yeah, explanation. That, no, no, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Well, Kant said that time is something your mind adds anyway to yeah. understand the world. It's time a metaphor. Space. 
Yeah, yeah. Time and space. Yeah, and that up until his, his hypo- yeah. uh, part like of his hypothesis. We don't hypothesis, actually perceive time. We've had to be taught to perceive time. Up until a very recent point, there was no mm-hmm. notion of like the metaphorical eye that people have. Right. And oh, just yeah. because people were capable of things that appear to be driven by consciousness, they weren't necessarily conscious in the sense that they perceived themselves as moving through time and they perceived right. themselves as being a separate metaphorical entity apart from their environment. And saying that like the, the lone statue in like the middle of the ziggurat was actually perceived to be a god that was actively talking to people and they were obeying when it was actually a monologue coming either through their minds or to a the suggestion. mind of a king that was then delivered well, as instructions Well, he was also, he could, you could do suggestion and then your internal monologue will, will pick up the suggestion and talk with the suggestion. Yeah, and some yeah, of, that's the, where hypnosis some of his, exact, he yeah. brings up hypnosis and I feel like he actually I'm didn't dig deeply enough into that because like he, yeah. hypnosis being almost like potentially evidence yeah. of that dormant module yeah that would the eye is relatively new in society people like philosophers attribute it to the enlightenment like per- us perceiving okay. ourselves as an eye yeah that would actually yeah. push the timeline more recently right but right you really can't just looking at the stuff that people did you can't necessarily get inside what their act like their active thoughts were all right no that- and that is one of the things of history that we try to do that we've got the archaeology we've got a little bit of anthropology anthropology is the first layer of kind of mediation of trying to figure out what they do then we got historians that come in and write whole stories about culture which we're not really sure about like and then new evidence pops up the stories adjusted right because we just don't know because you're not in their time right and the, their time actually just like any context matters yeah, an historical narrative fallacy where everything gets ironed out really well so that it seems inevitable nice and, and it's also very yeah. easy to understand by our standards. Yeah. Again, a lot of the stuff that he brings up is the notion of like the the body kind of body mind soul uh, division or like right. way of breaking somebody down did not exist prior to you know like 500 BC to like year zero, and it was generally like a Greek invention where prior to that the Greeks had more notions of like you know animus or like the the stationary body versus the moving body or like but not really like a notion of the the individual like mind separate from the body but just a lot of more vague and that it gets mistranslated a lot like translations of the Iliad are extremely imprecise because we're applying contemporary notions of like what constitutes a person right and we're also out of ancient Greek into all the modern languages. You know, the scribes are taking massive, you know, uh, li- liberty with what they're putting on there because yeah. it's. I mean, you know, pick these from these five definitions of what you think this word meant in that context. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually ancient text is really difficult to transcribe because the contextual clues are not there because well, the I mean it's easier if you have the contextual clues like you still have Athens you still have the Parthenon you can walk through the Parthenon and look and see so there is a context you can we can help write those better than cultures that have been completely their buildings their stuff has been completely we don't have any artifacts we kind of can't say hardly anything about them there's know. rumor that they existed hmm. like like the uh, what are the ones before the Toltecs in um, 
in South America that we only have a few steps. Olmex. Olmex. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were the, the ones with the, the big originals. heads. The big heads. Yeah, uh, they, statues. The, There's only a few things that were left of them, and we don't really know how they built those huge things. And yeah, so, um, but but the mind body split. I mean, Descartes really, for modern philosophy, classical philosophy, Descartes is the one that kind of split the mind and the body. Up. Okay, work life balance. When he said, balance. "I think, therefore, I <laughs> time. I, I think, therefore, I am." you know, said the mind could be separate from the body. The mind actually is a separate entity from the body. And the existentialists have been busy since the 60s putting that shit back together. <laughs> so, yeah. So the so what what can we perceive as as something that could help the 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 work life balance? My my question would be is are are companies obligated to the happiness of their employees apart from what it does that's good for the company. Because a lot of the justifications I see are if you have happier employees and you treat your employees better, then they are going to work better for you. They're gonna be better workers and they're gonna, you're gonna make more money, essentially. But that is a selfish case for the business. That's not the business actually being good to employees. That's they actually that have no, they have the same interests. Right, they don't have to. Right, they are not, if it's just a mark on a balance sheet, they don't necessarily have to be responsible. So as we get further and further from the mom and pop store, mm. I think that that space gets wider and wider of what, what they can expect. And because, because the employee gets more and more abstract. Yeah. Right, as you get, you know, you're not eating lunch with your, the five people that you have working for you. Is that you a know? good justification they, for not treating somebody well? Well, or you is that one we're willing to accept as a society? I don't know. I, the employees are going to become more abstract if they're working from home. Yeah. Right, because they're just going to be a blip on a screen. Well, that's ironic because you'd actually the like allowing people to work from home gives them an additional option, which should make them better able to manage their work-life balance. But ironically, if they make the choice to stay from home, it actually encourages their employer to not be sensitive to their needs to not right. think of them as being a person and, it and, digitizes and again I, I hate to be the guy that's the rainy cloud on everything but there's very few jobs that i've worked in my life that i can think of mom and pops or otherwise where whoever was owning and running the business cared more about me and what was going on in my life than their bottom line mm. and i have worked for some really truly great mom and pops and i'm telling you right now at the end of the day that's nice they give you a good Christmas bonus or they pat you on the back or they set you up with the boss's daughter's girlfriend's cousin on a blind date or whatever, and that's good. But at the end of the day, most of those people don't give a rat's ass about you. They're worried about their bottom line. I think they care about the employees, but there is a, a strong social case to be made where they're they're obliged like not to because well, it's it, just business, man. It's business. Well, that that has been fostered over the years. That particular mindset has been fostered over the years. So the idea that employees care about their business is you, you had to at some point because people would stop going to your business. Mm -hmm. Like, and so if you got a terrible reputation in town, right. people would just, like, you didn't treat your employees very well. It was really hard to get good employees. Um, and so... I think that part of it is the deconnection of people from where they live. Whoever that is got to turn that car off, man. I've been listening to that shit. <laughs>
these two guys are parked next to each other, like straddling the lines of parking spaces. So yeah. two cars occupying that four parking spots. That is what is spot. known as an asshole. Yeah. yeah. So um, welcome back to on conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now that you've adjusted your volume. Yeah. 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 Anyway, but uh, oh no! If you put this on Spotify, it's going to get uh, like loud adjusted. That guy oh, that's just pro- maxed that's, that's out. Probably, yeah, that's probably happening anyway. Yeah, he just maxed out the yeah. DB level. Yeah, that's yeah. probably it. That's okay. Anyway, I would be more offended if they took it down uh, for me calling the guy a prick, you know? Yeah. But whatever. So, because we, we do have it said we're good for kids, right? Oh, no, now this, this woman set up her truck. <laughs> oh, wait a second. You know, I thought in, we could deliberately say whatever we wanted to. We can. Yeah. We can. We might have to change the rating. On if you don't put it, I'd uh, make them all explicit anyway. If you don't put it on Facebook, I don't think they'll take it down immediately. Why? I don't yeah. think you, you have it. Did you change it to explicit? I've changed almost everything, okay. just uh, in case. Okay. Mostly because yeah, of my because foul I, mouth. No, Isn't the explicit too. label, like, it's tantalizing? Uh, I think it makes it more appealing to kids between the ages of 14 to 17. Yeah. (laughs) It certainly did for me. Ah. No doubt. No (laughs) doubt. But the work life, I I feel like this is going to be a thing that we're learning. And just like any new paradigm, it's going to have to be played out. Like people are going to resist that. Like they're going to stop answering their phones and their emails when it comes from someone well, from their I, business. Well, I guess that's the, you got to set a line of like, where's your right. points of accountability? And like, the people, like you, said, you know, you're not going to answer an email after right. five. And those people that would be overworked at home were the people that were getting overworked at their offices. Like a lot of those people yeah. are the ones that naturally feel like they're not doing a good job or that they have to do this last bit before they leave and they get home at seven thirty or eight o'clock at night from their office. So being overworked is not new and some of that is people that doing that to themselves because they think they need to do that to get ahead well and i would think mm. in, some, in some cases not all but some i would think people who are leaving the office for home their lives actually inadvertently may become more convoluted and and, and complicated in the sense of especially like if your kids aren't going to school well then you got to do work be at home and deal with your kids and, and I'm not trying to imply that kids need to go back to school or that or that teachers are babysitters or these kind of things. I think if you're going to have kids, you need to be prepared for these type of things. Right. I mean, who would have thought a pandemic would send all your kids home and you'd actually have to deal with them? Yeah, it's the greatest uh, advertisement for good teachers that but, ever existed. But still, <laughs> but still though... Kids you, actually want to go to school, yeah, which but is you, interesting. But you've but you got to <laughs> yeah. be a halfway decent yeah. parent. To be, you can't just shuffle right. your, your spawn off. Well, you know? and we have to be careful saying that you actually also have to have the time to be able to deal with your kids. And also because some people have to work three jobs. Right. So, right. yeah. The so inability the of people school. to maintain a work-life balance is actually highlighting underlying problems in our society, society separate like, from... Like people, like gross poverty. So yeah, and, and I think, I think yeah, that's... So we need to give that like a head nod, you know, to the fact that we understand that, you know, part of the work-life balance is already caused by low wages, right. lack of health care. Well, and then if you're, if you're you know, in a lower, a lower socioeconomic tier, then it's like, you know, while the rest of us might be at home with laptops and MacBooks and this, that, and the other, some other people... You know, they're still working off flip phones that they got well, from T-Mobile. And, or, you and know, schools, like they, schools were, when they went all online, this was a huge issue, which we talked about over. And, and it's right. still hard. Some kids are still in the Taco Bell parking lot using the Wi-Fi because mm-hmm. they don't, they can't afford Wi-Fi at home. Right. So there's an idea that Wi-Fi is, should be a right, just like the airwaves are. 
Right. So okay, and so, and so then this is where we get yeah. into the types. Is this like the points of the conversation where so I? So we work? we should probably pause that conversation though. Well, but I would next my, week will be infrastructure week. Yeah, yeah let's talk <laughs> about infrastructure next my, week. My actually. default for things like this is always well, do we really need it that badly, and can we live without it? Because if we're getting to the point in any person's existence where we're talking about having an internet as a right, fuck man, can that thing? Well, you know, and I, and I know well, and I'm, I'm just you, regarding, I'm making a big blanket statement with, with complete ignorance, but I'm just, yeah. can you it, create, right? It worked really, really, really good up until 92. We had a good life before the internet took no, hold of everything. Not really. I mean, there's always been problems. There's and, less crime now that the internet exists well, than before and, 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 and that or may, less violent crime. And that may be so. Interestingly yeah. enough, I don't know if it has to do with the internet or games, you know, people are able to play violent games and not necessarily get out their violence. And or uh, we have better communities, or more things are being, or better police. We had less. Knows. We had less but, violence. Or more. We had violent games than we've had since we've had mass yes. internet. They um they make a big but deal the about internet has to do with a lot with the with the idea of the dispersion of games, probably. Perhaps, but I I would be reticent to blame the gaming community. No, no, no. No, I was saying violence has gone down since games have existed. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah, but violence I, has gone down over the last 50 years. I guess that's... Even with all the mass movements that we've had recently. Okay, fine, but yeah, I... There's I was, an uptick in the murder rate just a little bit, but nothing like what it was in the 70s and 80s, which people think that that was an ideal time, or even in the 50s when people think that was an ideal time. Yeah. Uh, crime was, violent crime was much worse I've than read it is. People beating their wives and just all kinds of stuff. Per capita tribal societies through rating, if you actually, yeah, adjusted for population size, they say are much, much more violent than we are in a contemporary yeah. Yeah. sense. Like yeah, inter-tribal conflict. Well, that's another conversation because that's really deep. So... Let's talk about, let's kind of wrap up the idea. So Keith does think, Keith thinks we can just pull the plug on the internet. So are we, I mean, so I, know, I know it's a stupid there's assertion. A is it a can we or should we question? Well, there, there also is an assertion that we all want to be linked together. And so we, it's the Gaia hypothesis kind of, but using electronics. So you know what the Gaia hypothesis is? We have discussed That we're all an organism. Like the oh. Earth is an entire organism, like right? Avatar, including us. Yes, right, right. That comes right out of the big thick book that was done in the '70s, um, and it's G A I A. Um, I think so. Yeah, and G A E A. So maybe it's G A E. It, it's one or the other. They spell them. Yeah, I, I'm not. I guess I should look it up. But um, so anyway, but you can look it up if you want to. Uh, Dude, the scene over here is straight out of the freaking '50s, man. They yeah, the hot rods. Yeah. So, but anyway, we might need to go ahead and wrap this up because it's getting louder and louder, and there's more and more people coming in there. How long have we been going? Well, Forty minutes. Forty-five. Oh, okay. Yeah, we That's got it. we got plenty of time. Okay. No, again, I I, I, I know we'll, we'll go back to the. So, the what do you thing. think about the idea? So, these guys at universities in California are saying we're moving towards the singularity. Have you heard this notion? So there is actually a Singularity University that's that's financed by a couple of the really big uh, people that have made a ton of money in Silicon Valley. The, what are, the what programmers. Are the, what are the tenets of this Singularity, or what are the ideas of these well, people? Well, like the AI Singularity? Of, well, it's not just AI. It's the uh, pan, 
panhumanism, you know, where we have a, a chip yeah. in our brains and we become part of the AI. Uh-huh. You know, we all become one. It's singularity. Everything turns, and we were able to manipulate atoms and power. And there was another guy that tried that. Was that. the Budweiser guy? Yeah, he's in the black, the the, the Nissan. Dude. Sounds like he's running that thing off Basmati rice, personally. But the uh, that was terrible. <laughs> That's not a racial thing. That's it's a it's a rice rock. Yeah. You can put rice in that thing and run it on that. Um, the, uh, I don't think that's the genesis of that. The uh, no, it's not. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be the first irresponsibly racial thing I've said, <laughs> and I'm sure it won't be the last. Yeah, we're not. We're not incredible. I'm, we're we're and partially not, woke yeah, around here. That's right. Yeah. Um, the uh, singularity. The singularity. So maybe we should uh, we should also look look a little bit of that up because people really believe that we're moving towards a singularity. Like, I mean, it, it's like a cult in so California without, in without, Silicon Valley. Without technology and without the yeah. chip, there was a guy that tried this back in the late 30s and the early 40s. You might have heard of him, German man, uh, a guy named Hitler. Burned a bunch of numbers into a bunch of people's arms, tried to create a singularity, and then evacuate them all at the same time. No, uh, not that kind of singularity. Didn't work out real well. <laughs> didn't, didn't go well, over it's real a, well. A, I think singular it comes from consciousness. Physics. I think it comes from... Uh, well, the notion of singularity in physics yeah. is... Uh, well, to, I want to uh, say it's like the point inside of black hole where matter is condensed. I would say like to believe that, or something like that. Inherently, to believe that there's not a singularity, I think that's your that would be someone's first mistake. So, so ventures, SU, futurism. Oh, that this is the history. I'll send you the link to singularity. It's Ray Diamantes, okay. who's one of the 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 leaders in the beginning of the internet. Um, so, uh, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I, I but I don't know that that's actually happening, but he would say you couldn't stop this because we're moving, we want to be as one. I've like heard it in the context greater, of artificial greater. intelligence where if you pro, if you're, once you're capable of programming a computer that can improve its own like understanding or comprehension, right. then it becomes, it would therefore become infinitely intelligent and possessing of like all right. knowledge, all information and basically well, become either omniscient or omnipotent, depending on the infrastructure. Right. I also, if you program a computer to duplicate a person's brain, that person is not that computer. You have just duplicated a person. Well, right. and I would say like, there's You a, haven't turned them into a computer. A small, albeit small, but there's a difference between knowledge and information. Yes. And so you can pump a computer full of all the information in the world, but if it has no knowledge, it's no good. And I would think the opposite yeah. would be true. You could have all the knowledge in the world, but without any information. What was the thing? It's, I would I say you can't have knowledge without information. Okay, but there's, a, I don't know if you got that far in that Wendell Berry uh, book yet, but there's Oh, no, he, I got all the way through it. Where he makes the comment in one of those vignettes, uh, one of those articles, and he says something about, you know, expert advice is completely, and I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. expert advice is useless if you don't know anything about the topic. Yeah, talking about digging out his land and how they dug out the land and they thought they were going to have a little pond and it collapsed. Human humanity's confidence in being able to affect outcomes and their overestimation of understanding a situation. Right. People became way, way, way too arrogant, especially like post enlightenment, especially during the 20th century about our ability to understand systems that we either don't currently understand or we might be incapable of understanding. So, okay, and then so if the singularity thing is a thing, 
then I would say that if, <laughs> if, if you have to, if you're selling something, I say selling, that might, might not be the right word. If you're presenting something and you're saying that we're moving toward this, and in this case, it's a singularity and it can't be stopped. Well, and I would say right there, you're already selling people bullshit. Why? Because I think we're already part of a singularity. We always have been. Hmm. Imagine being, oh, well, if we're, so in the sense that if we're going to get there, then we've always been there. We've always been there. Yeah. I mean, we're all human. We all exist on this planet. We're all here. We all, you know, sure, there's separate ecosystems for every little thing. But for the most part, you know, if we, if we pollute the water, the shit in the water dies, the stuff that we're getting out of the water to feed us becomes toxic and then we get polluted. There's that. It's to to me, we're already in a singularity. So yeah, we just don't, we, we don't realize our own our current state of interconnectedness. Right. So what is like this? when you hear about there being plastic in like every facet of the planet, right. that's a reminder that people actually underestimate the, in, our interconnectedness with nature. Right. And that's a huge liability too, because the more interconnected things are, the easier it is to have a, like a systemic total failure of things. And we had talked about this, you and I once before about the idea of everything being natural, even the unnatural stuff. Yeah. So then I guess if something is un- the only true definition of something that's unnatural is something that doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. So then if we're creating or working toward a singularity and the singularity is with the machine or the program and not the people, I guess maybe not the people out, out outright. Then, I mean, I guess we're moving toward a natural singularity, but doesn't it seem ironically unnatural to move toward a singularity where you'd have a chip put in your mind like a dog like a dog well you know the tracking chips they put in dog's ears so if you lose your dog then you can look up the chip on the internet and find where your dog is yeah could you imagine living like that now okay it might improve your memory it might improve your uh physical health you know it might tell you when your heart's going bad or your kidneys are messed up dude if you put yourself in the position of somebody who already had it you might not be able to imagine not having it and I guess we have things like that, like cochlear implants for the deaf and, you know, uh, technology, surgical technology for the sighted, you know, blind people and things yeah. like that. But I, I find this, I find it disturbing in the sense that to me, I feel like we're fighting our own programming. And this is why I say if we could just pull the plug on the Internet or find a way to do it differently where the Internet is not so dependent upon people like us feeding it where we could go back to feeding one another and not feeding a medium that may feed us. Maybe. So what's, what's wrong with living an unnatural existence? By what you just said, it's because we're fighting, we're constantly fighting against ourselves. I think we're fighting our own personal nature. Dude, that was a great save. You like that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um... Okay, I'm going to do what you were just doing, and you're going to do what I was just doing, but you're probably going to do it better with the prompt with Chandler of what is wrong with living what feels like an unnatural existence or like indulging in unnatural things. So Joey and I have this, we've talked about this for years, that there's nothing that's unnatural. Everything that's happened, because it's it's all natural, technology naturally occurring, right? Right, right. So if we're moving toward a singularity with a machine, the chip, the program, whatever. Right. Is that natural? It seems ironically unnatural. And is it good to lead a quote unquote unnatural life? And my response to him was, is I think we're fighting our internal 
programming. I think inside of us naturally we need human, to we touch don't and, we don't and want talk yeah we want and, right. right yes well I would agree with that so there is some artificialness um, and it might be that with chips in our head we will kind of feel what each other feels right as we do as we become more and more one with the machine do you fear that that would erase an an innate sense of empathy it, we could have more empathy because we feel everybody at one time. Would the more empathy be synth- uh, synthetic? This is almost like me asking myself about microdosing. Right. So would it be more synthetic? Yes and no, because you would be really feeling it, but it would be synthetic and that would be delivered via a synthetic something man-made versus something not man-made because that's kind of how i see microdosing but like our if i'm tripping chi- i feel kid, better our kids man-made <coughs> so um you can kind of philosophical arguments always go round and round so um but that's what we do we're philosophers yeah yeah so um i would say that i don't know i'm on the fence about whether the internet whether I know it is making time go faster, right? Because the construct of time now is so available to everybody and can be controlled by everybody and kind of is, I mean, I, and, and so one of the things people do is they unplug to slow down. You've kind of heard that statement before, right? right. you know, they t- put their phones in a box and they do Shabbat, you know, mm-hmm. like the Jewish people do. And some people do Shabbat that aren't even Jewish where they put their phones in a thing on Saturday afternoon and they don't look at them till Sunday morning, like mm. Sunday mid after right. mid morning. Right. Um, and so that allows them to reset as a family. They play games, they do whatever, but they don't look at, and they, you can't get in touch with them. They have a house phone that you can call if there's an emergency. But the slowing <clears> down <throat> is not a literal no, slowdown. It's more of a like taking out the thing that would amplify your brainwaves, anxieties, needs, well, wants. Well, is that amplifying time as well? Well, I, right. would, I wouldn't see why not. So is the internet working, is, is working at home from the internet compounding time, like amplifying it and adding an exponentially compounding time? I would think so. Is it making a, faster a and faster yeah. and faster? Yeah, I got to get so, this done. I got to get this done. Well, right. I got to be here at two o'clock and I got to da 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 Right, so we're talking about like the internet amplifying time because it is a construct. Right, and so does it... Amplifying in the sense Well, you know how people say when they unplug, like they put their phones down and they cut their internet off and they slow down. down. Right, so But what's what's speeding up? The brainwaves, your anxiety, your, oh, I gotta gotta have this now because there's only... I would like to read about the 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 causes of perception, like alterations in the perception of time. Right. Like, I'm sure there's... Well, uh, well, we uh, know that microdosing or dosing on any kind of psychedelics does change the perception of time. See, that was my metaphor was... slows it down to almost a crawl where you feel like you've been tripping for, you know, weeks and you've only... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you really feel that. Right, right. Oh, and people, like, totally losing perception of time. How does that relate to, like, the ego? Ego death. Dude, people talk about living like what they feel like to be a lifetime in like an hour long dream, which yep. is an exaggeration because people love to exaggerate. Have, side side to question. Dreams, have, have you ever, do you ever feel like you've experienced an ego death? Uh, Did you ever get that far out? I have been in a situation where I was physically incapable of answering questions about myself, if that qualifies. Okay, all right. Oh, close. <laughs> all right. Hey, man, what are you doing on the beach? Uh, 
Uh, I'm on the beach. <laughs> Where? Oh, shit. Okay, okay. This is the beach. So, so then we'll, we'll, we'll get to wrapping this up here in a little bit. So so then all this being said and where we are now. So then if you're, if you're doing a new, you're a small business, you're coming in after the pandemic, how do you survive? Can you do it with just a brick and mortar? Does it depend on your business or do you have to have? Well, I think it always depends on your business because various businesses didn't need any advertising. Right. I was going to say, while we were driving up here, I was yeah. thinking about that. Places like uh, McDonald's, uh, Bojangles here. Like, I don't see these people, the local establishments here. I don't see McDonald's right. and Cape Carteret being like, yo, we got a special on Big Macs today. Yeah. Come on through. Because they don't mm-hmm. need it. I mean, you see those golden arches, and that's it. That's all That's yeah. that's all mm-hmm. anyone needs. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. In our economy, in the island tourist economy, I don't see a place surviving well without social media just because... Especially if you're a new place, mm-hmm. people who are not mm-hmm. from here will literally not have any way of knowing that you exist. And for the there most, is no word of mouth outside of social media if you're not physically in the place where the establishment is. And for the most part, the population changes here every year. Well, it's, well, it's becoming more consistent though, and annual. Is also, we don't have very much space, so they can see the businesses. Like if you walk through Emerald yeah. Plantation, you walk through the shopping center, you see all the business. So do, do they really need social media? Okay. I mean, people have to eat when they come to the beach. They have to have ice cream. They have to have a raft. They have to have mm. terrible plastic buckets now, to dig in the Somebody on social media is going to get a drop on you. They might get not a drop on, on yeah. you. But, but now that I is also fundamentally see, different. You're right, and people, tourists, love to just But in walk a regular around. town, like a city, I don't see how people would know. Well, Because they I, never go into that neighborhood, right? Or well, they never get off that exit of the interstate. And that's what I was just thinking with, with our area, because you got... So, for us, I mean, you think about Emerald Isle, Carteret, which there's nothing there, Cedar Point, which you hey. got... Well, I mean, there's not, like, bars and stuff, is what that's I'm saying. my hometown. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, Cedar Point, you got 34 North and Mythic Brewing and Riptides. Now. Now. And then Swansboro's got a couple of places, but I, I don't see people like yeah, in their in, in, in their thirties or well, yeah, know, yeah. That's I, a good point. And I, they have like literally the worst like labels for their like. Have you their their aesthetic is all over the place. Yeah, it's not very good. But yeah, that doesn't they surprise need to me. hire somebody. I don't see okay, love them though. Local so guys. Sam and I went to Mythic Brewing last night to go check it out. Ooh. Just check out the scene because I was supposed to get a DJ gig there, but the guy won't. Spoke with a guy in person, went there in person, shook his hand, did the whole thing, exchanged numbers, whatever. He gave me a date for the gig. I either wrote down the wrong date or he gave me the wrong date because the date he gave me is a Monday, not a Saturday. Sent the guy a message. Hey, this is so-and-so checking in with you. Da-da-da-da-da. We talk. Gave him the whole description. I was the guy in there with the Owen Kelly shirt on. <laughs> it's just so he would know. The gig I, you gave me is physically you know, impossible. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, and I asked him, I said, what date were you talking about? Were you talking about this date or that date? And I don't want to miss a gig. You know, I haven't played in a long time. I don't want to make a bad first impression any more than I have to. Um, And the guy never responded. So I told Sam, I said, well, let's go over there. Let's go check this out. So we went over there last night. It was busy. I don't know if it was like slamming busy, but it was busy. Yeah, don't go on a Saturday night. That's not. Well, I wanted to see what was going on with the entertainment. Oh, okay. So they had karaoke. It was 7.30. Karaoke hadn't started yet. Don't know what was going on. Don't know who was running the karaoke. Just know what was going on. It's possible nobody showed up to sing. A lot of karaoke's I've been to recently, nobody's singing. There was a pretty sizable crowd there. I will say that, number one. Number two, given I don't go out a lot, I'm pretty reclusive in that sense, but... No one there, no one there did I recognize from anywhere around here. 
And I heard several people talking about all being pirates, which for the people listening to this podcast that don't know, that would be ECU and Greenville. Yeah, maybe a lot of green, green billions. So, well, Mythic Brewing's mother location is in Rocky Mount. Oh, okay. that's pretty close to Greenville, right? Which is uh, Iowa, about thirty minutes, thirty, oh, forty minutes, close, something yeah. like that. I associate them with each other. Anyway, very, very young crowd, very hip crowd, a lot of young families. Like I saw a lot of little kids running around, mm. but the parents didn't seem much older than maybe like you or hipsters. I. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, what hipsters yeah, look yeah. like. They have families. So yeah. Sam and I were trying to figure <laughs> out if I would be a good fit. <laughs> the newest they're, hipster they're, affectation is children. Right. Yeah, they're they're reproducing now. It's wonderful. So, so uh, we were trying to figure out if if I would be a good fit there for like the jazz, funk, world music stuff. I want to do yeah. and if it would go uh, well it might actually if they're hipsters well we, we thought so but mm. we're so we're scoping out the scene and we're checking everything out and man these people I, I don't know just they look very disinterested and oh. no one seemed to care and it's like but everyone seemed primed for something to happen right like some entertainment some something to take place or happen and nothing was going on really and it was weird wait I thought you said it was karaoke night no one was doing anything okay and, like, and, and they had you get up and sing no they hadn't even started the carry it was 7 30 no one had even started it yet there was they have even, somebody hosting it if they if they there was one girl that walked by right as we were leaving and said hey i've put the sign-up sheet up there if you guys want to sing <laughs> and that's it and five minutes after that we left because there was nothing going on well you have to to do karaoke you have to have a dj type person who's gonna get out the there karaoke and, right, and, right. And just because people won't naturally no. sign up to sing, but like even if they're really drunk, you, they just need a little bit of. The reason I bring it's this a up is a valuable talent to relieve people of their self-consciousness. Yes, yeah, I yeah, get the yeah. impression that a lot of those people were staying in the hotel that's on the other side of the Dunkin' Donuts that's there. Right, because I saw Western? people walking back and forth. Yep. However, <laughs> worst Eastern. I don't see people like that getting into a car, driving all through Swansboro, Cedar Point, Carteret, and Emerald Isle to look for the place they're going to go. I see people like that being in their ho- their rentals or their hotel rooms, getting on their phones and, and going, I see where's the nearest bar and thing and that we're going to... all gonna, the hipsters yeah. do that. I've seen that done over and over and over again. If not, also, they also... Good timing. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. He worked for Metallica. Oh, that's yeah. dope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, I got a question about Lars Ulrich right on trivia the other day, him being a, the fact that he's a drummer. Yeah. And I never listened to Metallica, but I was like, I think yeah. he's their drummer. It's probably rolled off something Keith said. Yeah. Because he knows Lars. Yeah. Oh, that's ah. a great spot to park that truck. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. He's just getting his phone in the right place. Yeah, um, you can't see it right now, everybody, but this is a very large, loud advertisement for Food Lion. Extra low yeah. prices. Yeah. www.foodlion.com. And why is he doing that right there? I don't know. He should have done all that stuff behind the building. Anyway. That's a good point. They do actually design plazas that have supermarkets. Oh, because he's going to Bojangles. Oh, Our driver needs to get some Bojangles. Yes. www.bojangles.com. should have walked out there before. I okay. I like the way that you phrased that. Of bathroom? like, and now the damn food line truck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've already said that. Oh my god. I like. Yeah, I did a plug for food line already. Yeah. and Bojangles <laughs> and because Bojangles. the driver's getting Bojangles. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, good. Well, maybe if you're not give in the south, money. we have this phenomenon called Bojangles uh, and these damn biscuits. And if you're That'll in the deep, deep, deep south, they call it Bohangles. The Bohangles, J is silent. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. I liked what you said about the hipsters using their phones and because you projected the the seamlessness of the activity. Right. So like it's almost like you're if you the what what phones and more specifically apps have done 
is they basically they put people in a bubble where they can navigate from thing to thing and place to place really seamlessly. And I fast. think Uber's a great example of yes. that where like you can you're very even your all right, I haven't fully formed this idea, but even your your physical place has become very Re- digitized. Well, it's also a reduction of barriers to entry. So that's okay, a standard that's a thing in advertising, point. reduction of the barriers to entry. So, yeah, so it also reduces risk. So you can look at the Yelp reviews of a restaurant. You can look at these various things of this or of that, and you can kind of see that this restaurant has a thousand reviews and they're all five stars it's probably a good restaurant it's so you're not taking a chance that you're going to get a sucky hamburger or a shrimp burger but is or there whatever. A, is there yeah. a, something that you lose and not taking a chance on something yes okay, okay. Do you do you lose a the ability of, of novelty right, right? okay so, we, then, which is why franchises work I'm sorry, Jay. No, no, you you're got good. Like I'm interrupting thought. you, but only because <laughs> I feel Go ahead. for Do some reason thing. passionate about the point that I'm yeah. about to make. Okay, <laughs> the hipsters sitting in their hotel room, they're on their phone, right? Right. The step of them not just looking and saying, bar nearby, okay, Mythic Brewing is nearby, but being able to look at and know who is there and know publicly social media available information about who is currently there right now or what the layout of the room is or where the people are or what they're talking about like we are going to make the jump to that like we have to like it's too like yes it takes away literally all the novelty of social interaction that also makes time go faster but it also is efficient to time right because you're not wasting your time trying a bunch of restaurants that you might not like you're looking at people and there's a you know now some of those reviews are gamed of course but you're looking there and if there's a thousand reviews of a restaurant that has five stars you're going to believe that that restaurant's better yeah and i and i think this is going back to much earlier in this conversation this is the kind of thing that puts us into a zone of 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 pipelined homogenization if you're not out trying different things and you're only basing like the restaurant with a thousand five star reviews Okay, well, you go there. I might go there and be like, oh, this is all right. Well, then I'll go to the restaurant that has the iffy reviews and be like, well, and damn, that was a, that was a good barbecue sandwich. do the reviews actually change your right. perception of the restaurant? Right. Like, and, you, and are the, you, are you are might the give it the benefit of the yes. doubt or not. Yeah. I'm sure it does. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, there's a suggestion. Right. Yeah. There's also, yeah, you want to be on the winning team. Plus, that's the propaganda Which would technique. be another yeah. place where, in my opinion, we're already at a singularity. Groupthink. Well, okay. if, No, if, we've all... I, I would say this is probably actually a regression like because we were massively group think before we were the individual yeah yeah right. remember the individual is a new phenomenon like what we were talking about yeah. earlier but i think yeah i think the hipsters doing that uh i i don't know that you could stop it even if you wanted to because it's kind of like become like another appendage of us mm. Yeah, you know? and I think, and I and see, and that's I mean, where I, I think, think social media dangerous. can be can be regulated, like we have to do with any large entity that affects massive amounts. Right, of people. but I told you yeah. this several weeks ago when Joey was gone. Uh, I said something about that. It, I understand it, but it pains me that as humans we have to implement outside things to act upon us in order for us to save ourselves from ourselves. 
Well, we don't have good enough social wait, wait, wait. immediate. We've, we've had to do that. Strong enough social control. I know, I know. That's but, where laws came but from. But that that makes yeah. me feel like we are. You know, we're supposed to be the apex species, and I feel like if we can't regulate ourselves, then we are not the apex species. Well, that's uh, that's a, we that's don't a, live that's in a huge failing in our program. Okay, we don't live in the natural environment that we were created to be regulated in. Like we don't have these small group we have social controls, reputational controls that we right. previously had. So we had. have stepped outside. For some reason, our intelligence is budded enough to step outside, which is why we're, we have to make outside measures to help control us. And it's not controlling us. We've broken through those. The environment is a key, key testament that we're not controlled enough, right? We should right. be More limiting right. straight parents should be limiting the amount of population we have to do something with capitalism because it's based on growth and we're in a closed system which we can talk about some other time but but there's so many things going on where where our laws and on our social constraints that we created don't work very well because we've broken through those is it a standard human thing to break free and create break free and create break free and create you know it's kind of what we do so we're gonna have to find more planets, like uh, literally that we can that we can break through, create, and, create. and destroy. The, well, we might not destroy because once we ship half the population off this planet, it'll work just fine. It's well, a pet maybe, peeve of mine it, that people embrace space space exploration as an alternative to Earth instead of embracing not destroying the Earth. Like, well, it, it's, you see, so that's hard. That's, it's so hard have to, to stop having babies, right? You're gonna have to stop having babies. We got way too. We got half too much population. For the Earth to sustain us, we need three billion people. You call me a fucking breeder. <laughs> yeah, straight people. Yeah, yeah, I know. I didn't say breeder. I know. I know. In, no, implied. but in general, well, gay people want to have families too, and they got people borrowing people to have kids, right? So yeah, that's a net positive. Well, I don't know. So, what? so kid uh, doesn't have parents. Parents don't have a kid. No, they're no, no, no. They're borrowing women well, to have I their guess, babies. Oh, uh, with the in yeah. vitro and. So then I guess let's wrap it up. So then Yeah, because that's a whole nother issue. I'd be glad to talk about And I don't know wow. that we ever even came to yeah. a, a conclusion point there, but I will say this and then I'll 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 wrap myself up. So I know I take two businesses on two different extremes. So one is Samantha's business, which is right. state of dyed tie dye t shirts nice. among other things. Now don't speak for Samantha. I uh, no, I won't I won't. Okay. All I know tie-dye is, is she, very she, in right she now. does not have a brick and mortar. And I do not think that she would have nearly the amount of success that she has had if she wasn't Again, I know this is a strong term. We talked about this in the van. Slaving away on the computer. I mean, she's working her ass off making clothes, handmade, individually, one by one. She does them one person, each one. Yeah, and they're really beautiful. If it's a run of 50 shirts, then she's touched all 50 of them. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that she'd have anywhere near the rate of success she has if it wasn't for social media because that has subsequently gotten her out into the community well, the world, not and, just the community. In the world, I mean, yeah. People but, but, are buying those shirts from all over the damn place. All over the place, the all over the United community. States. But it's gotten her into, I think, Burrow Girl wants to put her in her shop. Um, there's a place in Moorhead City that I can't think of the name. Sacred Souls, they're open two days a week. They're carrying her clothing. Other shops, like, and she wouldn't have been able to do any of this oh my God. had it not been for... I agree. The social media. She would have had to have a little brick and mortar store. Right. right. Now, like like the Dragonfly or something like that. Exactly. In the plaza, which that guy was really successful. I don't remember him ever using social media. But, but now it's, it's. I will yeah, say. Yeah, me it neither. Is, I worked there. Ben, 
Ben's a champ, man. But it is. It has helped with it's tough. You know, I know you have worn some of the stuff. I wear the stuff all the time. I know Joey's worn it once in a while. So people wearing it helps put it out there also because it's beautiful. Right. It now, does have an aesthetic to it. And people see it, they compliment on it, they want it. Now, switch gears here. Uh, right here in Atlantic Beach, uh, my buddy Donnie owns and runs Wino Records. He does have a brick and mortar. He does have social media, but t- he himself claims that he is ignorant of social media, doesn't know how to use it, and doesn't use it. And for all intents and purposes, best as I can tell, because any social media I see, I see through Sam's right. outlets, he doesn't use it at all. He's been in business for two years. He's doing very well. He's not killing it. He's not making hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think I think he's barely, I think he's making his cost and a little over. Right. But he is successful and he is doing well. He has had to supplement his record business by selling used and fixed bicycles. Right. You know, beach, beach cruisers that people just give up, and he right. repairs them every year and sells them out. He makes good money off that. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's he's, great recycling. Yeah, he's making in the market. Oh, man, he's always tearing it up, selling it. But, so, we need to go by there. So, again, a, a, someone who is no brick and mortar, totally social media, and mm-hmm. does okay, not killing it, does okay, and that would be Samantha. And then someone who does okay, not killing it, with a brick and mortar, has the ability to use social media, but chooses not to and seems to do just fine without well, it. They Is both he good foot traffic? I think so. So they both yeah. have the restraints. Yeah. How many how much stuff can he actually put in that building and how many shirts can Sam make at one sitting? Right. Right. So they do have restraints that may not have anything to do variables that may not have anything to do with social media. Right? That's that a great keeps point. them from being like overtly successful. Sam probably can't make enough t-shirts to be overtly successful without raising her prices an extreme amount. He probably can't make enough money because he can't put enough records in that space to make enough money. So there are variables. So it's, we have to be careful making a correlation when we don't have all the variables in place to do that. But that brings up a really good conversation about a scalable versus non-scalable business. Yes. As far as like nothing is... Sam can't scale her business. because She can only scale the price of her business. If, if right? Sam was selling a digital widget, then there would be nothing restricting what right. social media Some could do are just, for her revenue. You just can't scale. They're just small businesses. Right. But and I also think that that and goes they tend into, to be very aesthetic businesses. In addition to scale, I think you have to yeah. consider. Pro, you know, Sam is selling T-shirts and clothing. This guy's selling records. You know, one is. I would argue that one is a more fine collector's item to some people. And so, but I guess anyway, there's there's an so example. So those are more variables yeah. that would go into your right. equation before we kind of make an assumption that they're the same because and neither of them one uses social media and one doesn't so i would think that i guess at the end of the day it would all depend on the nature and style scale product of your business that would dictate whether or not you could or couldn't make do or survive and do well with or without social platforms and i'm sure Mm. we'll talk about this particular issue but i think the thing for me was that none of these instructors and this is what ultimately what started this This conversation this conversation is that no instructor has said to any of in any of sam's classes no one has ever broached the topic of can you do this without should you do this without and are we moving forward in a world where this will become a thing of the past? So they're probably Why wouldn't you embrace everybody, it if it's going to everybody well, precipitates it on. You have to have this. 
it's also a small there's small business classes they're entrepreneur classes probably so it would be if they did not talk about that it would be there'd be no point having a class well also it wouldn't be it wouldn't be good for your students like you'd want them you want them to succeed as best as they can also compared to other marketing ventures it's very inexpensive like you don't have to really pay for. Yeah, you're not paying in money, right. but yeah. you're paying in other ways. And well, I guess time, you, you just the time to, it well, takes time, creating, but it's passive. Other stuff, you could get sucked into a vortex while you're working on your own work, and then not get your work well, done. Well, and then you could come out and think and that there's the a whole government other was run by lizard people trafficking children out of a pizza shop. Well, we haven't. That's obviously a calculated risk we all take. <laughs> I mean, we well, have yeah, to live in the world. Gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, this has been a good, good. Good convo. Sorry about all the noise. I for guys. one salute yeah. our new lizard overlords. Yeah, <laughs> or our no. I'm a palladian, so we're we're actually the the people that are going to do away with the. So I guess oh, the lizards are the. Okay, gotcha. The lizards are the 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 people that are stuck here. The palladians are the ones that can travel through space. Well, the next time we haven't do, you read the the myth? No, but I think X Files <laughs> kind of did a similar mock up with their like black They're oil really, people. They're really people. And then the, people really believe that the palladians are like these ancient travelers that and the well, if there weren't some truth in it then why would why would the idea even exist a lot of ideas exist that have no truth in them i don't know hey, remember that time remember but that aren't time they more when the truthful election got than stolen? ideas that don't exist <laughs> no i don't know we i that's there, a philosophical right? discussion let's talk about that when we come back but no they don't necessarily have to be at all, all right, right. well the, the there's certain things that can be complete fabrications well, the, again yeah. yeah remember that time but the election the fact got that stolen? they're fabricated means that they are in some way more truthful than something that nobody has actually even come up with they're more no, real n- maybe not truthful believable would be the word remember that time that they life. found the loch ness monster in that lake in that country in europe it's called scotland <laughs> Where's the truth in that? Oh, let's I, not go there. This is not good to start in the. You started this in the I beginning. Saw of the, in article, I saw an <laughs> article. I saw an article yesterday that said that. I'll take blame. I'll take blame. Like whale erections actually resemble the Loch Ness monster shape, so they think that there's a whale about in, sea in, monsters in the lake is actually with made a very in whales. large appendage. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Since it's the only whale in that lake, so, it's, it's it's over. It's a lack of sex, and so it's running around with a raging heart I mean, on I that people can only see. Or maybe it's just the Scottish air that does that. Through, through, oh, well, I don't know about <laughs> <through> grainy <laughs> black and white film. But I think in the, in the open ocean. All right, so the next time we go outside, we'll find a quieter place. But this is... Yeah, it's been lovely here. This though. is yeah, a, it has. the legend it signing off from Atlantic Beach Coffee in Atlantic yes, Beach. And we appreciate them letting us sit outside. At the Atlantic Beach Coffee Shop. We do not appreciate the loud vehicles and the dudes with small Nissans, but... What are you going to do? Yeah, Those guys seemed pretty cool when I actually looked. At, I don't know. There was like a kind of retro thing they had you going like on. You like the Budweiser shirt. The Budweiser shirt. And then the other, the guy was plain white tee, <laughs> blue jeans, and cowboy boots. Oh, oh It was right. very James Dean. And you like the cowboy boots. And plain white tees. <laughs> there we go. Plain white tees and cowboy yeah, boots, everybody. Yeah, we're going to leave on that. Yeah. Next time. See you on, next time. On On Conversation.